This is Hockey Central on Sportsnet 960, The Fan. So much going on in the world of sports. We love it. So much to talk about and some breaking news from the Calgary Flames. And to uh, break it down for us and uh, give us his thoughts, it is our uh, Flames insider, Peter Labardi. It's for Gemini Home Renovations. Peter, how are you? I am uh, fantastic. How are you guys? We are awesome. It's a Friday it's mm-hmm. supposed to rain all weekend, but I mean, there's so much sports on TV and you know on the internet and on the radio. You know, <laughs> yeah. just hang out and don't worry about it. Right? Good, that's good. There's lots of there's lots of not only good options but great options. Oh, I'll say. Let's dig into this uh, Flames sure. news that we uh, we got just uh, just a while ago. Um, let's start with Michael Stone because you know we we know him here as Logan had in the update. There, it'll be a sixth season with the Calgary Flames. He comes back. He is. Uh, he's been uh, here, there, cut back, all kinds of stuff. Cool. But it's uh, it's one of those things, you know. You know, he just keeps at it. And uh, I thought he was, uh, what's the word? I he was just such a good utility guy. Reliable? Do you like? Do you like the adjective reliable? I love it. I love it. That's exactly what he is. And he's a guy that that uh, not everybody can can be in and out of the lineup and. And sit upstairs and watch two or three games in a row, and then come in nice and fresh, with the right attitude. And at his point in his career, that's exactly what Michael Stone does. And I, I think it's I think it's a great move. It doesn't cost that much, and and I imagine you know it didn't take much to get this uh, figured out. Well, you know, you think about when Daryl took over, and and I had some pretty good intel. Um, you know. Remember, Michael played four games in Stockton and then got called up. And I knew for a fact that, you know, they were really looking at, you know, the potential of moving him into the lineup when he went down and and participated in those games and came up and played 21 and scored a couple of goals. But more importantly, you know, just gave the team, you know, 14, 15, some nights, 18, 19 minutes, whatever it was required and was just that, a reliable, solid, trustworthy, you know, do his job, and he did his job. You know, I remember having a conversation with him, Kelly, and I, and I meant it. I posed a question, and I, I started it by saying, you know, down the stretch, if you just think about it in this regard, do your job to the best of your ability within the framework of how you do it. I'm not sure anybody did their job much better in those 21 games than he did. Yeah, I, I think so, too. And the, the one thing that, that maybe we don't talk about as much because he's an in-and-out kind of player at this point of his career, he still has that big shot, which I, you know, not not a ton of guys you know have a, have a gun like that, and I, I think that's just an added weapon. And, you know, it's just, you know, figuring out where you can use it in the right time to unleash it because he, it, it's got, he's got a heavy shot. Well, it's funny. It seems like a hundred years ago now, but you remember when he was leading the Calgary Hitmen to the Western Hockey League title all the way back in 2010. I can't believe that's that long ago, but he scored 20 plus. And, and the funny thing is, and I'm glad you brought it up, Kelly, because, you know, because of how hard he shoots the puck, I was always surprised over the years, his highest goal total was eight one year in Arizona. Now, you know, you don't expect that now, but I've always kind of wondered why the numbers weren't a little bit elevated, but I found that he was more dangerous with that shot 
last season than I would say that he was in a number of previous seasons. Yeah, it's it's interesting. We got Logan Gordon with us too, and uh, we were getting ready for the show, and then all of a sudden we had the news. And maybe you can talk about the other defenseman that was uh, signed today here, Logs. Yeah, a guy, uh, plenty of NHL experience, a former third overall pick in Eric Goodbranson. We know him from uh, his time in Florida and from Vancouver. And then Lou uh, saw him a bit in the Canadian division last year as a member of the Senators before he went and uh, joined in Nashville for a late season push. He's a guy that brings a lot of physicality. He's a big guy at six foot five and probably fits the Daryl Sutter mold of defense first and physicality in your own zone. Okay, I'm going to throw this one back at you guys. Um, you know, we've already talked about Michael, and, and can he play a role? With with what you have offered to pay, Eric Goodbranson, is, is that not meaning very likely for sure he has a spot? Well, yeah, I think that's we under have to. $2 million. Yeah, we have to redo our little uh, slotting thing exercise from yesterday, but uh, that's okay. But, yeah, when you pay him that much, unless there's something else going on. Well, there. We're going to get there, too, in a second. Okay. But, so give us your but thoughts with Ted Branson, yeah. yeah, like Logan put it very well. You know, physical, he's moved around a lot. Um, I think this is going to be his eighth different team. Um, you know, he's been a bit of a rental the last couple of seasons, moving towards, you know, playoff teams, looking for some insurance. He's, he's a great guy. In fact, it's funny. Um, I've run into one NHL player this summer in my travels. It was Eric Goodbranson. Um, when I was uh, up with my good friend, Mr. Cosentino, up at his cottage, we happened to run into him and had a good visit, and he was excited. He was happy about his training, and he didn't have a deal at that point in time and was very uh, hopeful that something was going to work out. And when I saw the signing you know, a little while ago, I'm like, well, isn't that funny? But he's, he's a terrific guy. You won't find many teammates that, that don't like him. Um, so, yeah, and, and again, I don't know what you guys think, but you know, the way this team is being built, I would have two things to say. A, right now, unless I've missed it, they're over the salary cap. They're over. Um, so is there potential for something coming next? Yeah, we were, we were kind of kicking that around a little bit, and you wonder if, if maybe they, they move somebody out because they got lots of defensemen right now and, and uh, with Zadorov and... And now Gabranson, those are two guys that kind of play the same way in a lot of ways. Well, we well, just talked about Mackie. I'm pretty sure that was a one-way deal. So that's not a guy I would put on waivers. Uh, no. No. <laughs> so, um, you know, that's when I saw both of them today, you know, thinking that you generally carry seven on a regular basis. Now, they could carry eight, and they might. You know, you don't have to go... 13 and 7 and 2, you, you know, you don't have to do that depending on your schedule. And remember, too, you know, just thinking ahead, Flames start the year with a very long road trip. They're in Edmonton, they come home, they play Anaheim, and then they're gone for six. So there's a lot of long trips in the first two months of the season. So, you know, I, but I can't, you know, admit anything, but when I saw that, 
the first thing I went was, is there something coming next? Yeah. Because you got a lot yeah. of guys here on one-way deals. Yeah. There's a plan. We're just not privy to the whole thing. I, I, no. I, I swear that's what's going on. It's it's interesting to see how this all all maybe shakes loose or, or, or doesn't shake loose. What, you know, everyone that's been signed in the last, you know, what, 48 hours will kind of know which way they play. Yeah, you know, there hasn't been uh, you know some streaky forward from you know the KHL come in that they like oh wow he's got all this you know it's not those type of guys that we're seeing right now. No, this so that- team is built. Let's put it this way: you take a look right now. This is a veteran, grittier, harder to play against team. They want to be in. Like let's yeah. let's 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 forget about any kind of. You know, talk about rebuild or not? Like, what what moves speak that way? No, no. These I'm... moves speak to me in this way. You think you underachieved last year, which is very fair. A lot of individuals, in particular, did, and as a team, you did. You've rounded out your group with a lot of reliable, trustworthy know what they're all about types of people in their slotting. You're not likely to give up a lot of goals. And you're now in a division where you're thinking, well, we need to grab one of the top three spots. There's three California teams that we think we're better than. There's a team in Seattle that who knows how that's going to work out. So I don't know about you guys, and it's early to start doing this, but when you think about the makeup of the team, and that's what we're talking about, are you not probably going, you know, we think we can get that third spot. And with our goalie and being a team that's, you know, not going to be fun to play against, and, and if they play well, hard to score against, you know where I'm going. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think it's it's sending a message and, and interesting, you know, our, our text line is it's awesome that, that people text in. We love it. But it's not maybe the most rational, uh, you know, uh, forum, as as uh, Logan can attest to. Uh, no one's, no one's, not a lot of people down with these moves right now. No, I get it. I, I you know what, I, you know, I understand. There's lots of people out there that were, you know, hoping probably for big changes and, and more of a youth movement. I think that's very fair, don't yeah. you guys? Yeah, I think so too, but I, you know, not right now. It's not to say that, that you know, you don't see some of the young guys come in, but, you know, I was also thinking, they got some young guys on this team. It's not like, you know. See, like, that's, it's the great point that you bring up, and I was having this conversation a short time before I came on the air with you guys. See, you know, I think the mainstay of this group in a lot of ways is that, you know, Kelly, we talked about a lot the last two years, kind of that core underneath the core that we sometimes talk about. But let's let's look at the defense. You know, you forget that Noah Hannafin's 24, Rasmus Anderson, 24, Connor Mackey, 24, you know, Yusuf Alamaki 22. You know, yeah. th- there's a lot there to work with, with, you know, what I think was the guy who played as well as anybody, for me, he was their best player last year, and that's Chris Tanev. So, 
you know, that's, we're not talking about your defensive core, you know, being 28, 29. Three, four of those guys are 24, and in one case about to be 25. Yeah, and I think people just, you know, recency bias because the, the bottom six guys, they've, they've signed these, these uh, new guys, and, and they're veterans. So I think maybe that's where people are at. We are chatting with uh, Peter Bardius. It is Hockey Central right here on Sportsnet 960, the fan. Uh, we, uh, we talked about it for the last couple of days, and we're going to get to it. I've got mine written out. Logan's got his written out. And I know, <laughs> Lou, you teased it yesterday saying that your, uh, your lineup of the forward group might surprise some people. So... I thought I'd go first because I think I don't think mine are that, you know, maybe they're not that uh, original or surprising. But it's, uh, it's I don't I don't think there's going to be a wide variance when all three of us are done. But I'm big, looking forward to hearing your guys. Yeah, big steady Eddie curse here. We're just going to go with uh, what what, uh, what here here we are. Number one, first line: Lindholm, Goodrow, and Kachuk. All right. Mm-hmm. Line number two. And, and I know some people don't like numbering lines, but okay. Number two, Backland, Majapani, and Coleman. Mm-hmm. Line number three, Monaghan, assuming he's good to go with Dubé and either Lucic or Pitlick, depending. And which okay. leaves you with a combination of Lewis and or Richardson with Richie and either Pitlick or Lucic. And, and Logan, you're similar or a little off from, from mine? Uh, I vary in a couple of spots. Okay. Um, the first line is the same uh, as far as Gaudreau, Lindholm, Kachuk. I have Monahan centering Coleman and Manjapani. Um, I put Pitlick with Backland and Dubé. My fourth line, Lucic, Richardson, Lewis. Hmm. Okay. I think that uh, the problem we've seen with this team more often than not is relying on one line of scoring more than others. I think... Manjapani and Coleman, especially the step that Manj took last year and I'm expecting to take into this year, more offensive. Both him and Coleman really drive the play, I think could boost that offense up for Monaghan if he's healthy again this year. I like that third line of Pitlick, Backland, and Dubé Lou as a checking line, a really good defensive two-way kind of line, all three very responsible uh, in their own zone, and then the fourth line of veteran guys that Sutter knows well and trusts. Richardson, good on the draw. Lewis and Lucic on his wings, and you need to switch one of them out with Richie on any given night. I think it's an easy enough change. Uh, what do you think like, of our homework so I, far, I, I think Lou? I think your homework is fabulous, okay. and it's and it's not really any different than my homework. But I'm really curious about one thing. If Sean Monahan is completely healthy, I'm not sure that there's not a scenario here where you don't go back to that old duo. Okay. Put him back with uh, 13? Potentially. Okay. But but I I would say on my sheet, um, you know, I had, uh, Kelly, I had that same first grouping. Um, again, so much for me depends on Sean because, you know, with Dylan and, and I think this team more than ever is going to have to, and most teams now they look to build three scoring lines, but you need people to check and you have elite people in this division 
you know, on a couple of teams in particular that you need to deal with. And, and goals might not come that easy. So we know Coleman's like, he's got to be in the top six with this group, even though that's going to be an interesting transition because, you know, that's not where he really made his hay the last couple of years. But, but the thing about Coleman that I don't think people have talked about enough is he gives this group not only tenacity, but he gives them more speed. Gives them more speed. He can skate. That's always, for me, been one of his like really, really good attributes. So, you know, I Kelly, I, I kind of had your combos more written down um, with Monaghan, Dubé, and, 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 you know, Pitlick or Richie in that type of spot. You know, with Richardson, Lucic, and you know one of the others, depending on how it goes, with with Backlund, you know, in the middle of Mangiapane and Goodrow, and and probably why I lean Logan a little bit more that way than your way, which I love actually, is is the premium not going to have to be on the two way side of it. Yeah, with this coach, so, right? So if I'm going up against Edmonton, you know, and, and, you know, at this point in time, so, you know, at the end of the day, the two key guys for me in a lot of ways, and there are many, but we're talking about up the middle, and that's where you need to be really good, are, you know, Backland and Monaghan. Okay. And, and how that plays itself out or slots itself out, you know, on a team that, you know, I, I don't, I don't think if things go really well, you're going to see a lot of discrepancy necessarily time-wise between a lot of the groups. I really don't, you know, I think they want to play fast. I think they want to like keep sending people over the boards and make life really difficult, hard to play against. You know, and and special teams are going to be incredibly important for this group. Yeah, yeah, and who who goes over the boards first? Um, yeah, interesting to see. Okay, well that I get. I um, it all depends really on on where Monahan is, both you know from a health point of view and from a defensive point of view and, and where he's at, because may, maybe he is better with, with Goudreau after it's all said and done. And then that opens up a whole bunch of other options for you. If that's what you're doing. Yeah. You know, and if, and if let's just say for fun, that was the case, because that's what these discussions are about. Um, and I'll ask both of you, starting with you, Logan, you know, I think Andrew Mangiapane, now again, again, I'm not going to try and drive the expectations. He's not going to score 40. But, you know, I mean, I don't see any reason why he's not a 25-25 guy. I really don't. And that's a lot. And that may be too high, but, you know, could I ever see him in a position with a Lindholm and a Kachuk? I could. Yeah, I I don't disagree. I think the the steps that that man has taken. I just think that based off of what we saw last year, it makes sense of the the success that that top line had with that. It was honestly, it was one of well, Daryl's best and that's, moves. And that's probably why I'm you yeah. know like 
that's that's why I went down that road too. I mean, until until you you know you probably have to give it a chance to start where it finished, right? Mm-hmm. That, yeah, and that was more my thinking than anything. And I think I, I think you're right. I think Coleman's here to play in a top six role, and I think that I, I see a lot of similarities between a Coleman and a, and a Mangiapane, the way that they push the play both aggressive on the forecheck. I think you get the two of them on the line and the way they skate and the way that they can really bring some speed. And, you know, skating's never been Sean's strong suit, but if you put him with two of those guys, I'm thinking theoretically that, you know, it helps him out down the middle and Mm -hmm. is able to give you some of that offense. I mean, Coleman's pretty close to a 20-goal guy every season in in this league, so... I think it's one of the more interesting ones because the bounce back for Sean Monahan uh, and what it looks like if it's more towards last year, then you probably got some issues. If it's you know the Sean Monahan that we know he is and is healthy and that twenty to thirty goal guy, then you've got a good problem on your hands when it comes to, to slotting the lines. You do, and again, I should probably save this for another hit and another show, but we'll have lots of time to talk. Um, you know, in terms of guys that you're looking for more from, Dylan Dubé still, to me, is the wild card of the group. Because when he's right, like, for me, the sky is the limit. The sky is the limit. He's the one, like, if you said to me today, who could you see being the team's breakout player and maybe a guy that needs to be the breakout player for this team offensively. I'm starting with him. Yeah, I, I sure wish he could have played in the World Championships. I think that would have yeah, me too. done him a world of good, but he didn't. So that that's uh, lots of upside there. Um, interesting stuff. So that's kind of our, our slotting exercise for the uh, Calgary Flames <laughs> forwards. And to kind of review uh, just kind of the breaking news we had uh, earlier today, uh, the Flames have been busy. They've signed two more defensemen as a Michael Stone returns to the Calgary Flames. And maybe the the surprise uh, signing was mm-hmm. veteran guy Eric Branson, who had been with Florida, Vancouver, Pittsburgh, Anaheim, Ottawa, Nashville. Um, so he comes in, and the salary is Logan again? You have one, nine, five. 1.95. Five. Yeah. yeah, so he's playing. He's playing at a salary like that. Yes. Okay. So that's that's what we know. And uh, well, next week, I mean, we can dig into a whole bunch of things. But uh, want you to have an awesome weekend, Lou. We are a little little. How t- was Tiff? Oh my God! Yeah, Tiff. How did I saw a picture? I can't believe you were going to get out of here, Kurt, without getting <laughs> that in. Give us a review. Uh, I was pretty good. Really? It was it was pretty good. It wasn't. I didn't enjoy it as much as the uh, theater version. But they did a nice job with it. Okay. Yeah. yeah sometimes when you see it in the theater, it's just, it's just better because it's you, live. You ever, you ever see Sesame Street? Yeah, I'm familiar. Yeah, in, you're Bob McGrath? Yeah. Which one of these things just doesn't belong here? <laughs> that was me last night at TIFF. <laughs> Not quite the... Uh... The crowd that you normally hang out with, hey? No, no, no. But good, though. That's I good. enjoy it. It's, it's, it's a good program. All right. Okay, guys. Have a great weekend. We'll talk, yeah, you guys uh, talk Monday. There we go. Yeah, Peter bye, guys. And uh, Hockey Central. And he's brought to you by the Gemini Group, the home renovation uh, specialists. Um, we are, uh, we're talking all things hockey here on Hockey Central. And we're going to go uh, out Cayley Way, a little, little south of here. 
and talk a little AJHL as they're underway. Uh, Gina DePauli is going to join us next. We'll uh, talk about what's happening in the early days of this season for the AJHL and a, a few other things as well. The guys are live. Patrick is back. Will is back. And they're back on the road. And they'll be at Adrenaline Source for Sports coming up at 2 o'clock. As, yeah, hockey season upon us. Time to get some new gear, new ringette gear. We'll get the story from Adrenaline, our great partners at 9309 McLeod Trail South. That is coming up at 2 o'clock. We'll talk to uh, Gino next about the AJ right here on Hockey Central. Hockey Central continues on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Kelly Kirsch, Logan Gordon, time to head down the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline. Talk a little Alberta Junior Hockey League, and I hear he's camping or something in the Kootenays with Kind of a dodgy cell line, so we'll see what happens. Gino, how are you? Well, I'm not camping. I'm just uh, doing some work stuff out in the Kootenays. We're fighting fire right now on the railroad tracks, actually. Well, I'm not, thank goodness, because or else it wouldn't be in control. So that's what we're doing right now. But all the way back, and got parties, and we got hockey this weekend. Well, what more? What more do you want? Oh man, it's 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 good to be a sports fan. All kinds of stuff going on. The Alberta Junior Hockey League underway again. I mean. Like so many leagues, you know, stops and starts and all kinds of craziness last year. But uh, the league is underway, and, and we're going to focus in on, on the South. Yeah, tell us, I guess, the team that you cover the most, Okotoks, out to 3-0. and is that, uh, is that fair value? Is it, uh, is it a, a reasonable sort of uh, picture of how they're doing? Tell us how the, the Oilers have done so far. Well, the Oak Jokes Oilers, I think, have done as good as anyone can. They, their first three games were against the Calgary Canucks, and I, I, obviously the Canucks have struggled for the last handful of years just trying to get a, a good squad together, Kelly. But, you know, I think the best part of what I saw was definitely there's a youth movement going on with the Oak Jokes Oilers. There's a lot of the O3s and the O4s, and obviously everybody can take two 16-year-olds. There's some O5 battles happening in camp right now. And it's been really exciting. It's been really exciting to watch because of that aggression. I don't think anybody's really had for the last year and a half. Like, let's be real. We had the season last year, but did it really happen? Did it really feel like something at the end? It was nice to get reps in, but other than that, it was one of those events that I think now you're seeing. You know, there's fans in the stands a little bit. There's only there was 400 fans in. This little, in little Henry Vinny Arena when the Oilers came back against Calgary and nope jokes they got some crowds again so we're getting some real battles there and it, there is not as many 20 year olds on this roster but I think the depth at forward really well I know there's some big replacements on the back end uh, for, losing Eric Parker from Calgary he commits to Bowling Green and, Con- and Colton Wilkie but you know what, Tucker McRae, who's the captain this year, seems to be settling that spot. The Oilers acquired Riley Bondarchuk to help on the back end, and there's a great pipeline of prospects. And I don't want to get into too much because this weekend against Brooks is going to be the real measuring stick, as it always is. And if I'll have a better feel going into this weekend how they really stack up because truly the team they're playing this weekend is the guy you always got to try and beat. Until they're beat, Brooks is the team to beat in this league. Okay, well, let's continue on with that. You, you talk about the Brooks Bandits as, as always a, a team that does really, really well, but there's some others as well. Who else do you like in the South? Man, it, to be honest, 
I think the South is be pretty wide open this year. I think just because of all the turnovers that has happened with the pandemic from the 1920 season into the 2021 and just uncertainty and a lot of teams went kind of that youth movement thing. I really think anywhere from Okotoks to Drumheller or even the Black Falls Bulldogs as an expansion team, I think they picked a perfect time to come into this league where I think practically everybody except for Brooks was able to pick up their tandem of goaltending back and Ethan Barwick and Jared Whale. And they've got five legitimate top defensemen or like solid defensemen in this league. And it kind of goes back to Ethan Lund coming back as a captain and Boston Buckberger, who they got, who was has committed to the University of Wisconsin and was just recently at Philadelphia Flyers development camp. So you don't see that often. That's something that Cal McCarr didn't even do until he got drafted. Their forward front, uh, they've brought back a lot of key pieces. They're really going to be strong. The one kind of question mark I have is kind of the bottom three that I'll kind of put. Canmore hasn't really played any games since since the shutdown. They tried to get back, and then they didn't continue with the season. And Is Olds going to make a step up? I looked at some of their, their training camp rosters and their – intra-squad in their early exhibition games, they seem to have done a better job recruiting than can Calgary get out of its hoop. And they're kind of starting, they're not even at Max Bell this year because of renovations. So that's kind of the logjam I see. And uh, it, it could it could be fun in the South this year. You won't want to miss it. And what do you know about uh, the expansion team that uh, took a, you know, this is the old must Calgary Mustangs, right? Up in Black Falls, or do I have that wrong? No, you got it right. No, okay. the Black Falls Bulldogs, uh, they came in, they, they got a good coach, and they got a pretty they got a pretty solid fan base already, I think. They haven't had any games, so I don't think their rink is quite ready to go yet. But Doug Quinn, who was that head coach of all those incredible Red Deer U18, or as we'll go back in the past, the midget AAA ranks with the Red Deer Optimus Chiefs, he's done a pretty diverse job of, grabbing some elites and 04 boards, which obviously this year be 17-year-olds. That's how crazy it is. And I mean, Logan was probably still in, in like junior high with that age bracket. I'm not too sure. But they've done a really good job. They've grabbed the odd local kid that they can. And they've gone down south with prep a couple of times and grabbed from the Anaheim Junior Ducks program in the past. Probably not in the past, but this year. They've really got an interesting group, and they're going to be fun to play against. And Kelly... Here's the most important thing that I've seen with the Black Vaults Bulldogs, besides their presence on social, presence on social media. It's not going to be a free spot on the bingo card this year. And I think when you're a league like the Alberta Junior Hockey League, and you want your stock to be the best, and you're having, you know, a very competitive league where it's not just a free for all, and you get your free night where you can just put APs in to give your bets a night off. No, you're going to have to earn it in Black Vaults. And, that's so important for making the league better in the long term with the Black Bolts Bulldogs. I think they've got as many opportunities to shine in this league as anybody else from two to from two to. I guess now we can go back to two to eight in the uh, in the HHL South Division. Now there's always uh, a, a couple of guys, maybe you know three or four from the AJ that get drafted, and there's always a bit of a buzz for them to to, to watch as they as they make their way through. Who, who do you, uh, it doesn't matter which division, are there a couple of guys that, uh, that we should keep our eye on for, for maybe being, being drafted I- I this year and then making their way to the U.S. college? 
Well, uh, the first one will be Boston Buckberger from the, the Brooks Bandits. He's an 03, so he will be draft eligible this year, I believe. I can't forever on his birthdays. It's actually the 04 group that I'm really intrigued at. And there's two members, actually, of the Okotoks Oilers for all intents and purposes here today. Is First of all, uh, regular Renz of the Okotoks Oilers. He played at the Edge School, and he has committed to the University of Denver. And he most recently tried out for the U18 team as part of their selection camp this summer, which, of course, for those who don't know, that's kind of the pipeline for the Ivan Holinka tournament, that, or the Holinka Gretzky, sorry, going back in the past again. He is one of those guys on the radar for not possibly, not this year, but the year after. And the same goes for Bowden Singleton. I can't say enough about him. He has been fun to watch since he came in as a 16-year-old in his shortened HHL season. The guy is a player. The guy's just got something. He's got an extra gear in all areas of play, especially in the offensive zone. He's got a great shot. He has a great eye. He's able to pick part. He wins battles. A little bit of a smaller guy, but I really like Bowden Singleton. He's committed to the University of North Dakota. As you know, Kelly, nobody, there's no real slouches that come out of North Dakota. That's not a bad place to play hockey or get recruited to at a young age, and it's crazy to think. Uh, how long ago we saw the Lorenz and Singleton play at the at the Alberta Cup so many years ago, and you know they were a chance to be, you know, get their first dive with junior coaches at the Western League and junior A levels. So those are kind of the guys I'm watching for, and I I haven't seen you know there'll be Tage Harding of the Fort McMurray Lowbirds who is drafted. He was drafted by Chicago in the most recent draft. So there's some pieces all over the place and. You know, if, if the Buckberger kid kind of stands up to what it is, you might have another crack at a first-rounder going from the Alberta Junior Hockey League, and it's been fairly frequent the last few years. Yeah, it's it's a hell of a league, and, and uh, I think it's a, it's still kind of a secret for a lot of people in Calgary. I know, you know, Okotoks and, and, you know, kind of the surrounding areas get into it, but I think it's, it's really good hockey, and, you know, I hope we can kind of have you on a little bit more throughout, uh, you know, the fall and into the winter, and Give us the story on the AHA. Gino, thanks so much for uh, taking some time out. And uh, I hear Kaylee's lonely for you because now the the population's down by about, you know, 30% when you're not there. So you better get back, right? Friend, random thing. Can I leave you with one thing here? Sure. I don't really live in Kaylee anymore. Why not? Well, the the uh, girlfriend lives in Calgary. So I've been, my, a lot of my crap is in, in Kaylee yeah. still, but I kind of, it's scary to think that Shiver, I might be slowly becoming a Calgarian in a little bit. I'm not, so, sure. I'm not sure about that. I'm not sure about that, Logan. We're going to have to. I, I, I've said it, too. I, I said, are you sure about this? And yeah. We'll still get out now. We still can. Right? Yeah. We'll have so. to see that passport if that's going to work. Thanks, Gino. We'll talk soon, okay? Thanks, Kelly. Thanks, Logo. There we go. Gino DePoli. Talk at HHL right here on Sportsnet 960. The fan. I used to like that. He's from Kaylee, but now I can't say it. That's enough. Yeah. Can't do it anymore. <laughs> That's it. That's He's not old. from Kaylee. We can't bring him on anymore. <laughs> enough That's Calgary all... crap on here. Yeah. Man, every time I go to an HHL game, I just love it. It's just uh, just really enjoyable. I've seen you know games down in, well, here, obviously, but uh, out in Canmore and uh, Okotoks. It's been pretty cool. So I suggest if you get a chance, uh, have a look because the, uh, the, the level of play is very, very high. All right, we're going to take a break and tee up what's coming up. We've got a busy weekend here on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. The guys are live. 
We'll see what's happening with the boys down in the Adrenaline Source for sports and a few other things right here on Hockey Central. This is Hockey Central on Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Kelly Kirsch, Logan Gordon making way for the big show coming up at 2 o'clock. Will Nolt, Pat Steinberg live on location at Adrenaline Source for Sports. 9309 McLeod Trail South. Go by and say hello. They'll have specials. And, of course, that incredible crew down there getting into hockey, getting into ring at whatever your sport, they can set you up. Just it's uh, That's the difference because they know what they're doing, and they will make sure that uh, it fits, it works properly, it's at your level, all that kind of stuff. So looking forward to hearing the guys coming up, and it'll be a busy show. With there's so much going on, but I thought we'd review kind of the news that we got ah, a couple hours ago, I guess now. Flames have been busy again with some signings as uh, Michael Stone, uh, Logan will return to the Calgary Flames. He's been here off and on since, what, 2017? Yep. And uh, start, well, I guess <clears throat> way back when he was with the Calgary Hitman, drafted by the Coyotes, played there for a while, and then made his way here. And uh, he's one of those guys. The price is right. But I thought when we saw him last year for what he was and, you know, kind of one of those, okay, we need you today kind of thing and maybe not tomorrow. I thought he did really, really well, and I, I, I think you know, keeps himself in in wicked shape. He's got yep. a big shot. I don't think you know, and he's okay playing every, you know, once a week kind of deal or whatever it works out to be. You know, or injuries make it more or less. Um, so that's kind of cool. But I think the surprise and and um, let, let's 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 uh, absolutely tell the truth here. People are not happy. Uh, you know, on on a whole, of the Eric Garanson uh, signing. Branson, who uh, drafted, you know, third overall, big guy, 6'5", 220. Florida, Vancouver, Pittsburgh, Anaheim, Ottawa, Nashville, and now Calgary. Um, contract just shy of $2 million, so you know that he is going to play. Um, and he's always, uh, you know, the Scott and Jamie were talking about it, well, about his Canuck days, and he'd always leave you wanting more mm-hmm. and would frustrate you at times. So that's interesting. So we'll see how how this all all, all shakes loose. But your your thoughts on on you know the the salary the the cap room they had is sort of gone now, basically. Yeah, it's interesting because I think we'd all pegged Stone in at least on the afternoon show. It'd been a pretty common theme for us to, you know, whenever we went through our our numbers and our lineups, it was pretty given that Michael Stone made sense. They needed another shot on the right side. To come in, he's a perfect guy. I think he's well-liked in the locker room. That's an easy add. Um, this one from Good Branson, definitely out of left field. It's a right shot, the guy who's not quite 30 years old. Um, physical, surprisingly not the most durable guy. Uh, you won't see an 80-game season from him uh, anywhere in his entire career since 2011. The closest he's come to a full season is 76 games. Uh, that was back in 2014, so... Um, durability can be a bit of an issue for a guy that's that big and physical. Uh, I think a lot of worry for a lot of people here, and including myself, is what does it mean for the likes of a, a, Shill- a Shillington, a Valamaki, a Connor Mackey? Uh, seems like a lot of bodies there right now. Um, I thought I would have been okay with Stone being the guy there um, as that veteran right shot defense, and I'm not sure that what Eric Goodbranson brings – is something that anybody here was coveting or said the team was in 
desperate need of. This is a guy that can struggle sometimes in his own zone, and that's not what you want for a defenseman. And analytically speaking, uh, he can tend to get caved in. He will bring very little offense. And at that price point, you mentioned it, just shy of $2 million. You're not signing guys this late in the offseason just shy of $2 million to be a bench player, to be a seven on your team. Uh, he's going to come in here to play. Uh, we'll speak to him later this afternoon. We'll see what his expectation is. But uh, I, I think a lot of the the sentiment from Flames Twitter and social media and all that today is kind of a a big question mark in all of this. This is the the move that maybe we were waiting for, and uh, it hasn't settled anybody's thoughts on the back end. So with these two signings and, and where the salary cap's at, you wonder if there's another move to be made and another shoe to drop or maybe a couple of shoes to drop, as it were. Are they going to flip some of their forwards out or maybe package some of these uh, – these, you know, maybe it's something major, and you have to have one of your young guys on the on the back end go. If it's something really, really big, like a, you know, I know mm-hmm. everyone's talking about Jack Eichel. I think that is a, a, a real long shot for Jack Eichel to be a Calgary Flame. I think it'd be awesome. The storylines would be incredible. Ooh. But I don't know. That's that's going to be a tough one to do. But is there something else that we haven't heard about? Um, and it doesn't necessarily mean since there's no buzz that that there's not something else going yeah. on uh, far from it. That's just the way it is. That's how just because the insiders that, that get all their information fed to them don't have it doesn't mean that it's, it's not happening. So that's, that's one thing to be. Clear. Yeah. That was to me, the interesting point that, that Lou brought up in our hit was, was that his initial thought was maybe this is a precursor for something, for something else. And you're right. Nothing comes to mind right now. I know you, you mentioned it, the, the name that everyone's brought up is Eichel. I still feel as though that's an, an issue that has to solve some of its own issues in Buffalo when it comes to his health before anything uh, really gets done on, on that front. And it, it is an interesting conversation because as of right now, you're operating with Brett Ritchie as essentially your extra forward. So I'm thinking you're going to be at least 13 forwards deep come opening night and the way that you look at it based on the fact that Mackie signs a one-way deal, Valamackie on a one-way deal, and now with good Branson and Stone in the mix, you're probably sitting on an extra defenseman, if not two, as your roster currently sits. And don't get me wrong, that kind of depth is great, but Valamackie needs to play. Connor Mackie needs to play. I don't think these are guys that are you know, necessarily at the same point as Michael Stone, where you, like you said, Kelly, he doesn't, if Michael plays a couple times a week or needs to sit for a bit because a guy's rolling, that's okay. Michael Stone's got plenty of experience. He's veteran enough to deal with that. I'm not okay sitting here saying, look, you saw Val Mackey sitting for two weeks or Connor Mackey sitting for a week and a half. I, these guys need to be playing and getting NHL experience. A tough yeah. road to hoe on that one now because you're it's an uphill battle, right? It's you're going up against veteran guys that obviously has been a mandate from this group, the Flames group, this off season. Yeah, I I, I do think there's there's something else coming. Almost has to be just with the numbers and where the salary cap is at, and uh, you know, haven't you know October's still a ways away. Mm. It's close, but it's not that close. So lots lots can happen, and and usually does around here. So. We'll keep you posted on that. So that that's happening. And, yeah, we're getting closer to rookie camp. Um, do believe we're going to do the rookie games here on the Mighty 960. So that's kind of mm-hmm. cool. We're going to play the Oilers rookies. So we're going to get that figured out. Working on that and a few other things. I'll tell you, it was an awesome night 
for sports last night, flipping back and forth. The Blue Jays game, NFL was back, and it was uh, awesome to hear it back on the radio, too. And it was, uh, oh, that's a pretty good first game. I think we'll take that. Yeah, not bad. Yeah, not Those bad Those Thursday nighters usually stink. Yeah. The primetime ones, you get the Jags and the Browns, and yeah. it blows. Yeah, unless you've, you know, got a fantasy. Yeah, unless you've got Mayfield and Lawrence and everybody else in, in five fantasy leagues, then you're yeah. you're interested. But usually the Thursday night snooze fest, it didn't happen last night. Yeah, it was uh, it was awesome. A good start for sure. And uh, we're busy here on Sportsnet 960, the fan this weekend, because we got Blue Jays Baltimore as uh, Robbie Ray will go. We'll join that game at 6 o'clock. Then, by the way, it's a doubleheader tomorrow. So first game is at 2.30 Calgary time, and then we'll just kind of roll into the second game. And then they play again on Sunday at 11 o'clock. We also have the uh, Broncos game as they will open their season in New York against the Giants. And then the Sunday nighter, uh, Rams, Chicago. That's kind of cool. I'll take it. Yeah, that's going to be all right. And then uh, Monday night football, we've got uh, th- that will be interesting. Is it Bal- no, it's Baltimore, Las Vegas yes. Raiders. Yeah, so that is, uh, that is and interesting. And the unusual one game. Um, Monday nighter to yeah. kick it off. They usually do a double header, but not this year. Yeah, so that's uh, that's interesting. I guess they're letting Vegas have all all the spotlight as they get to you know play for real in that beautiful new stadium there. So it's going to be pretty cool. So lots of NFL, lots of baseball, and yeah, hockey right around the corner as well. The guys are ready. They're live on location. We'll go to it next. Adrenaline source for sports. Get ready. The big show starts in like three minutes.